When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. City Discount Tires for great deals on the world's biggest brands in tires, wheels and suspension. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Oh, wow. So good to have your company. It feels like uh, lightning in here. We've uh, got a really good vibe going on. It's the weekend. The uh, Lions just got over the Saints last night, consolidated their spot in the top four. And, of course, Geelong getting the chocolates on Thursday night in uh, what I thought was a surprise win over Melbourne. But I'm most excited because I'm sitting across from a man who has got a slick... Haircut. <laughs> He's enjoyed. He enjoys his time at the hairdressers, and uh, is looking very beautiful indeed. Bryce Gibbs. Good morning. Good morning, Tom Lyon. Good morning to everyone this morning. Uh, yes, you're yes. right. I've had a. I have. I've had a trim. I've uh, visited the barber yesterday. Yeah. I'm back this week. Is I'm back d- playing football. It's not a TV game, but yeah. I treat it. I'm treating it treat like it it's as, a TV game. Yeah. Look good. Feel good. Play good. I've always said that. That's it. Well, a haircut is almost like a, a, it's like a shedding of the skin. You know, you're reinventing yourself and starting afresh, starting anew. You know, it's almost symbolic to your return this week. You wanted to start afresh. You've got a fresh start to make an impact. Uh, today, are you playing today? Today, yeah. yeah. Two ten down at Flinders University Stadium. So. Okay. It's- Looking like a horrible, miserable day for footy. So get down there oh, yeah, and uh, support the Panthers. Man. Perfect. Get down there. Get around it because uh, Bryce is no doubt going to start. Now, you're, I saw your – I'm looking at skin now actually as well as the other day there was a screenshot taken of our meeting that we usually have and your skin is also immaculate. So people would have this view that Bryce Gibbs is this rugged, you know, uh, contested <laughs> – Contested man, rugged, but you actually take very good care of your skin. What's your secret? Um, yeah, you know those, uh, you put the cucumbers on your eyes and the <laughs> face mask regularly, yeah, yeah. weekly. You know, as you get older, you just got to look after yourself, Tom. Yeah, Your yeah. body is your temple. Yep. You've always yep. said that. I've always said that's why I've got a miniature gut. <laughs> but um, My yeah. favourite part about your features, Tom, <laughs> is your... <laughs> Your receding hairline. (laughs) (laughs) For those who don't know, one night Bryce and I got on the beers and uh, he said, hang on, give me a second. And he pressed both his hands on my, I've got long hair, but he pressed my hair all the way back so that people could know that it's not as, uh, the line's not as low as what it used to be. I was just trying to man bun it. (laughs) The conversation was man bunning, I think. I looked like a freak in that photo, but (laughs) that was a bit of fun. Now, um, Bryce... Saints uh, didn't get the job done against Brisbane and it looks like a rocky road. uh, Well, they've got an easy draw, but I think it could be a rocky road ahead for them to hold on in the eight. They do have a good draw, Tommy. So you'd think they would find a way to play finals this year, which is Mm. quite staggering, really. Uh, After the year they had last year, Ross the Boss has come in and and, uh, changed it up significantly. I I just, I don't like their... 
their game style though. Mm, Too defensive. Boring. Like even last night, it was just very dour. Yeah. Not a lot. Ex- not a lot of excitement about it. And every time Brisbane won the ball back and, and went inside 50. There was just so many numbers they had to contend with back there. But it was yeah. a good good win by Brisbane. I Away thought. Yeah, they as don't, well. They, they're not the same team on the road than they are at home, like a, a lot of the interstate teams are. But, uh, yeah, that was a, a good win for them at Marvel Stadium against a, a, such a defensive unit like, like St Kilda. Yeah, it'll uh, be an interesting watch on St Kilda if they can hold on to that spot in the eight. I think Ross should be able to get them to do so. Uh, also, Geelong getting the Chockeys against Melbourne with a nice win on Thursday night. Holds them in contention, uh, contending for probably Adelaide's spot in the eight. Gutsy win, yeah. wasn't it? It was a 50-50 game on paper. Both mm. sides had a couple of players missing. Jeremy Cameron goes down in the first quarter uh, getting uh, concussed, knocked out. So you'd th- I just thought Melbourne had grind them down eventually. And I think it mm. was about six or seven points at three-quarter time uh, in what was pretty tough conditions. It was wet, miserable, yeah. windy down at the Cattery. But uh, Geelong's last quarter, they just whacked on five or six goals and it was game over. So yeah. they're a little bit undermanned. They just play that grand so well. I mean, yeah. they, they choked up Melbourne's... Uh, transition. Uh, once Melbourne win the ball back on bigger grounds, they, they get their ball movement going. But Geelong, the way they set up that ground, they just didn't allow Melbourne to do that. And it took them to the last quarter to, to knock them off. But yeah, big win for the mm. Cats to stay in touch with the top eight. Yeah, absolutely. They just know how to win at uh, GM, GMHBA Stadium. Now, Bryce, today we've got a huge show up ahead. We uh Doing a bit of a retro throwback because the Crows taking on Collingwood on Sunday, which is, of course, uh, tomorrow. And it was 30 years ago, though, that the Crows first beat Collingwood and edged their way into a debut finals appearance in 1993. So we're going to be speaking to a man integral to the Crows in their initial phases, Rod Amerson. He's going to be joining us at around 9.30. So a lot to speak to him about. A bit of a throwback there. Yeah, we can reminisce on, on that game. And as you said, it was a bit of a coming of age of the Crows, wasn't it? That yeah. game, they, they found themselves down significantly in the first quarter yep. uh, and obviously it was like an elimination final they needed to win to make their first final campaign and uh, after the first quarter a couple of their mids Tony McGuinness mm. I think Andrew Jarman and the long sleeves the weed just uh, started to, to get on top in the midfield and they end up winning that game and going on to, to play in their first final series so looking forward to speaking to Rod later on and he can tell us all about, all about that match and, and also how he thinks the Crows are going to this point because I know he's been involved in the club mm. over the last you know sort of decade in, yep, in terms board. of on past players boards and, mm. and on the actual borders itself so uh, looking forward to that chat. Yeah, we're also asking, Bryce, on 0427154166, the best shutdowns you've seen in your in your personal life or in the public sphere, uh, because, of course, Ricky Ponting during the week, it was just a magical, it was probably the best moment of the Ashes in my eyes when uh, Kevin Peterson was blabbering on all this English bloody uh, articulate language, which uh, Punter didn't like, and uh, he was... Uh, the main point, he was going on about how good Joe Root was. Well, Ponting shut him down real quick. Joe Root and how he just owned the game. He ran the game. He was pure quality and he just owned that space. And just had all of this lot were just scratching their heads going, what do we do? Well, sort Hell, of. He's out now. He got 40. <laughs> 
just uh, still taunting the Poms, Ricky Ponting, and he did it. So he sort of spoke through the side of his mouth when he said it. Well, we're down now. He's going to go for And he rounded Joe Root's score down as well. Uh, it was like he was just trying to say it under his breath, but <laughs> say it loud enough that uh, everyone could hear, obviously. But I love it. Yeah. I love the banter. I love that we, we know that the banter in cricket and and obviously more so in an, in an Ashes series and – it uh, it's continued in the commentary box even yeah. uh, once the the players have retired. So uh, he was quick, wasn't he, punter? Yeah, to, he was to get that in. He dropped a he had another alpha dog moment later in the week where he said, "Oh, the Poms approached him to coach them before Brendan McCullum, just ponting, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> raising himself." But yeah, we are asking, you know, your best shutdown moments: oh four two seven one five four one double six. Have you seen it on the footy field yourself or in the public sphere like Ricky Ponting did earlier in the week? And now, Bryce, I'm particularly looking forward to uh, the week that was uh, where we uh, just have a look at back at a few of the big events that have happened this week. There have been a few. And I want to get your comments on Rodney Ede, uh, what he spoke about during the week coming off the bye. There is a trend of teams coming away from the bye and playing like garbage. And training like garbage too, <laughs> yeah. for some reason. Yeah, it's, it is strange, Tom. I, I'm not sure why it happens. It happens at all levels too. I mean, yeah. we even at South Adelaide last week, we, we're coming off a bye and mm. our first session last week was horrible. But it, it, it always happens. You can come out a bit maybe still in holiday mode or mm. just a bit lethargic, uh, whatever the, the reason may be. But, yeah, it does take you a little bit of time to, to get going after having a – you know, three, four, five days off in Collingwood situation, having six days off and going to Bali and wherever yeah. else you, you wanted to travel to. It's a bit of a catch-22 because you need to properly switch off so that you can replenish, you know, your, your mind and your body. But once you do properly switch off, it just makes it, I guess, a bit of an uphill climb to train better. <laughs> and certainly a, a high stressful time for, for coaches and the, mm. and the coaching staff because – one, they can be a little bit worried about how some players will use that time off. Yep. Uh, whether that be, um, you know, eating <laughs> junk food or yeah. whatever it may be or hitting the booze a little bit too hard and, and not training mm. uh, in, in that time as well and uh, getting in trouble. And then, yeah, obviously the police. Co coming back uh, a little bit lethargic once, uh, once training starts. So it's probably more a little bit stressful for the coaches rather than the players. Yeah. And uh, another thing through the week was a gather round was officially sold out uh, for accommodation wise in Adelaide. Jeez, that happened quick. That happened very quick. Now, as far as your house is concerned, if someone wanted, if you wanted to have someone over, do you have a spare room in the in the building or is it all kids? I guess you've got two kids? Yeah, we yeah. don't actually at the moment. Okay. So, so I guess I I'm well, they can swag in the front yard if, if they must. Or can I jump into bed with you and Loz? <laughs> oh, that's right. There's plenty of room. <laughs> Hey, great you, way you, great you, way to meet. You wouldn't take up too much room, I don't reckon. <laughs> All I need is a dainty little space in the corner. Same as at home with uh, my wife. Is uh, you just, I think it's a man thing. You just get edged to the edge of the bed just until, you, until you're in the doghouse. I just go, I go into Charlie's bed now. I don't even, really? I don't even fuss, yeah. The best feeling is Saves falling time. asleep unexpectedly with uh, your child in your arms and you wake up and you go, oh, my God. I've uh, I've had a busy week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
Uh, Bryce, we've also got Josh Gablich, newsbreaker extraordinaire. There's plenty on the plate for him to talk about today. Yeah, there certainly is. And always a good chat with Josh, isn't it? He's going to give us all the latest news out of Melbourne. Touch on some other teams and uh, there's plenty of news floating around across the AFL. So it should be another good chat with Josh Gablich. Absolutely. Massive show up ahead. You're with Tom Lyon and Bryce Gibbs. Give us a text on 0427 We're asking your best shutdowns or what is uh, front of mind for your Saturday with a Saturday statement. Or give us a call on 1300 736 736. We are here in SENSA Studio Lumo at number one King William Street, powered by Lumo Energy SA and for our friends at City Discount Tires SUV tire deals are on now. Bryce is a top of 15 degrees today, but still pretty showery. Pretty sh- how'd you view the weather yesterday, Bryce? It was a miserable day it yesterday, was... wasn't it? Just did not stop raining. Winter has officially hit. Uh, we've got a week that was coming up next. We're going to talk about that little submarine that got lost uh, under deep underwater. God, what a way to go. Uh, it's 8.45. As I said, top of 15 degrees today. We'll be back with the week that was. City Discount Tyres for great deals on the world's biggest brands in tyres, wheels and suspension. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Oh, yes. So good to have your company this morning. It's Saturday. It's a top of 15 degrees, but still a few of those little showers peppered around the city. And we're going to talk about right now, we've got, well, firstly, we've got a huge show coming up. Josh Gablich and Rod Jamison coming up later uh, to throw back to an amazing game between Adelaide and Collingwood 30 years ago ahead of their game tomorrow. But Bryce Gibbs, it's time for the week that was... And we've invited producer Jace in because he's always good for a laugh. You've been on Thank fire you. this morning, Jace, too. Really? You've been yeah. probably nearly best on. Well, I, I had a shock to the system to start with when Tom said, look, I want you to film my leg. <laughs> uh, if you haven't been on Twitter yet, uh, check out SENSA Twitter yeah. and you'll understand what I'm talking about. I didn't know where to Zoom, to be honest, boys. I was a bit confused. But yeah. anyway, we worked it out in the end. It was just a bit of video craft. You will see it on the Twitter page. But Jace has been almost like a maestro piecing this show together. It's like genius. He's placed everything in the right spot. Do you ever feel like you're in a flow state when you're piecing together? Together, particularly well, our show. I appreciate that, Tommy. Thank you. I wish I was a bit like Beethoven sometimes mm. with this show and was deaf, uh, but um, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> There's the first dad joke for the segment. But Tommy, you wanted to talk about the week that was. Thank you. Um, I'm going to I'm going to go through a few yeah, sporting yeah. things from the week that was. But before we get to that, yes, you had something you wanted to talk about, and Bryce and I are washing our hands of this. Yeah. Well, I just thought because I mean we can't not talk about. That uh, Titan that went down to visit the Titanic during the week, uh, it imploded. Now, if you think about this, it imploded within 20 milliseconds. So that's actually a good part of the story because they wouldn't have even known, the human mind can't even comprehend something within 20 milliseconds before they had just vanished. So, Well, that's a small mercy, I guess. It is a small mercy, but I'd say that would be uh, my worst nightmare to go down in one of those claustrophobic things. Why and would you do that? In the, would you do anything like that, Bryce, in the first place? No way. Uh, it's a strong no f- from, <laughs> it's a hard from no. me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, actually, it wasn't very big, was it? No. They had like, what, four or five, six people in mm. that little little tank. You've got to yeah. pay a lot of money to do it as well. 250 grand. Yeah, yeah. It's is it more of a flex than anything. It's yeah. like, oh, what would you do yesterday? Oh, I just went down and had a look at the 
Titanic wreck. <laughs> like, well, I think it's... Do like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It, it feels a bit like that, doesn't um, it? It's like yeah. a status... Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm... I mean, there, there are people that are fascinated saying, by this sort of stuff, shipwrecks and, yeah. and, and whatnot. I mean, if, you, if you're if you into your shipwrecks, I guess there's no bigger one yeah. than the Titanic. So mm. I get it to a point like that. But, yeah, oh, gee, with so much can go wrong at that depth. And if it does, um, well, this is the end result, isn't it? When, so. when they're controlling it with a... PlayStation. Um, oh, yeah. We have <laughs> to be... <laughs> controller, like... I said I was going to leave this alone, Bryce. But. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, yeah I'm... A, Jeez. I want to be a bit careful what I say too. I might not it is be quite sad back on after yeah, yeah. how it, it all played out, but geez, of course the alarm bells there, isn't it? I, like, well, <laughs> I think the, the <laughs> biggest alarm bells for me, boys, was oh, geez, I, I don't know if I can say this, but I'm going to anyway. Yeah, um, I, I think yeah, we, we got the dump button. They, we, <laughs> we knew there was trouble yeah, when we saw the Carlton logo on the side of it. So yeah, um, sinking ship. Yeah, I think there was. <laughs> sorry. Bit of a <laughs> bit of an issue. <laughs> we shouldn't be laughing. No, we no, shouldn't. No, no. And rest up. in peace to those yeah, poor yeah. folk. Uh, but yeah, like we said before, you would never get me down there. Ah, uh, uh, nightmare. No. That and skydiving. I, I'm not keen on jumping out of a plane. I've got no desire to do so. See, in a weird way, that's something I would do. Really? Right. Is that strange? No, I, you're a thrill seeker, so uh, I, I get that. But so, no. um, look, I'd I'll, love to be able to do. Uh, you know, obviously, no physical condition to be able to do it. But rock climbing would be my thing. <laughs> I would. I would a love... sense of achievement of getting to the summit, I reckon, would be. Yeah, right. Have you seen those yeah. um, those rock climbers that, that yeah. scale the big, big mountains yes. and they sleep on the yeah. side of the maniacs on the mountain? I don't know how like, they do it. Yeah, like a swag that's just hanging from the side of the cliff. And their yeah, fingers, their fingers are incredible the way they get into little cracks and they're so strong to carry their body weight all the way up. Mm. Yeah, the, the really strong wrists and yeah, yeah. forearms. And, yeah. yeah, there's a lot now of good Now it's an Olympic to, sport. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, You've got strong forearms, Bryce, don't you? <laughs> Do I? <laughs> I? I think so. Particularly your left. <laughs> the week that was in sport, gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go all the way back to Sunday, Monday. <laughs> Wyndham Clark. You ever heard of Wyndham Clark before? No. No. Uh, his, his wife knew who he was. And this okay. is a great story in a way. It also, also got good forearms. That was about it. Drives the ball long. Okay. Hits the ball, ball hard. Um, he had the chasing pack, which was full of people like Cam Smith, and Rory McIlroy chasing right. him on the final day, and he managed to hold on and win the U.S. Open, Tommy. Yep. And now the stage is clear for Wyndham Clark. Who takes down all the stars in Los Angeles to win the United States Open. Love golf commentary as well. Mm. They, they make the most... Whisper. Boring seem exciting sometimes, don't they? Yeah. Um, but look, uh, he was outstanding down the stretch. And for a guy that has never finished, I thought I think it was the first cut he's made in a major. And don't hold me to that, please. But yep. um, yeah, he was very, very good down the stretch. That was on Sunday slash Monday. Then, of course, Tuesday was all about the Ashes, wasn't it? Uh, yes. We love the Aussies winning that. So um, it was it was surreal as to how similar this was to 2005, chasing 281 for victory in this test match. Edge Baston 2005, we were chasing 282 yes. and lost by two runs. This time around, we win by two wickets. So yeah. it was eerily, eerily similar, I reckon. Um, let's go back to 2005. I reckon yeah. we've got that. Okay. Oh, there's a 
pay attention to the crowd noise. Yeah. One of the great test matches of all time. Yeah. So you can listen to the crowd noise there and get right into it. Let's listen to the crowd noise as Australia hit the winning runs this year and see if it's any similar or not. And we just give it five seconds to... I'll come back to that one in one moment. Well... Oh, here we go. What a perfect setup. Robertson to Cummins, steers <laughs> it down to third man. It's got plenty on it. Will it reach the rope? They'll get at least a couple. Dive in. It's four runs. No! It's knocked <laughs> over the boundary rope. <laughs> Pat Cummins drops his battered helmet. Slightly different, isn't it? And wheels away in at celebration. This point, 30,000 people have left yeah. Edge Baston as that ball left the bat, and the only people left were the Fanatics, pretty much. They're pretty so cocky. They were very, very happy alongside Merv Hughes. Question. Um, yes. Does any other sport hit as deeply as Test cricket, that emotional roller coaster? I, I can't think of another sport that can do it. Ask Ollie Robinson uh, what a week he had. Um, yeah. You were talking about great shutdowns before. What about mm. great sledges gone wrong? Um, this is more, probably my personal favourite of sledges gone wrong. Ollie Robinson talking about the Australian lower order. Yeah, it's something we spoke about as a group. Um, we said once we get to past Cummings, um, we feel like they've got three number 11s. It's something that we can target through the series and, and try and wrap up their innings quite quick and give us that momentum into our batting innings. Oh, yeah. Ollie. Come great, on, Ollie. Great show, that. Kirk Nathan Lyon isn't? had a bit to say about that, didn't he, boys? Certainly did. And to be fair, I, I didn't know who Ollie Robertson was before. This test match? No. Uh, well, he, he bowls very, very quick at 120 k's. <laughs> I think Matt Hayden actually through the week um, had a really good player profile on him. Summed him up oh, uh, yeah. on with Heels and Pat on SENQ Breakfast. Yeah, we've got that. The other bloke, um, he's a forgettable cricketer. Um, <laughs> the fast bowler <laughs> that's bowling 124. You know, nude nuts. Who's that? Ollie and Robinson. He's got a mouth and <laughs> Ollie Robinson. Robinson. He's got a he's got a mouth from the south. And look, someone like him, you could just go, brother, I'm I'm coming at you. Like David Warner can do that, right? You <laughs> say, hey, you're bowling 120 k's. Oh, uh, Hados, just stirring the just pot. Just gone whack, hasn't he? <laughs> he has. Uh, look, before I get out of yeah. here, I want to change tact a little bit and talk about Mason Redman. Yes. Um, who this is this is full on. This is the. New age we're entering into now in the AFL. So there's been a lot of talk about him coming back to South Australia. The Crows have been linked heavily to him. We know that. But Essendon are doing everything they possibly can. They're throwing the kitchen sink at trying to keep Mason Redmond on board. Yep. To the point where, and I don't know if this has ever happened before. Uh, it may have behind the scenes that we don't know of, but it's mm. certainly the first documented case of it happening. Essendon have actually sat down and done a full presentation to one of their own listed players. A pitch. A pitch to keep him at Essendon in the long term. Now, I wanted to ask Bryce before I disappear, when the time come for you to leave the Blues, was anything like that even contemplated by Carlton? Did they sit you down in a room and say, this is where we're going to head, we want you to stay and this is why? Uh, not at that point. They didn't because it was quite clear where we were at. Right. Uh, Brendan Bolton came in and sort of reset the whole club uh, and it was pretty clear by that stage <laughs> where they wanted to go. But it was actually before that, Jace, when I was when I signed my five-year deal at Carlton a couple of years earlier. Uh, I was I was always going to sign, but I actually went to the club and said, "Can you put something together on what the future looks like?" And 
like a five-year plan where you think the club will be. And, and did they say they want to climb from 18th to 16th? Well, they laughed at me. <laughs> the, really? The recruiting manager at the time, um, or the, the list manager, it wasn't Silvani, uh, he laughed at me and he's, he basically said, you're kidding, aren't you? Like, why would we need to do that? Because wow. and I was, like, I was like, look, I'm just you know, dotting the I's and crossing the T's. Like, yeah. sh- like, sh- give me, show me a plan. And he like laughed at me and like thought it was not his job to go and do that. Well, we're at that point. How times have changed. Yeah, he, he actually like scoffed and went away. Well, if I have to, and they went <laughs> away, and he put you know, slapped some quick presentation together. But I was surprised that. I, th- you know, I just thought that was just part of the yeah. part of the job, part maybe, of the deal. Like, isn't it interesting? Maybe they I think we're at that point at the shocked. moment, boys, where retain, retention of yes. players Huge. is almost as important as recruiting of them. So yeah, maybe we're going to see more of that in the future. Maybe you were ahead I, of your time, Bryce. I dare say it would, it's been happening for a mm. while because that's what you do. You mm. you want to keep your, your core talent together, mm. and to do that, you got to sell them where this is where we're going this is why we want to keep you at our footy club is it possible that uh, Carlton just didn't have a plan and that (laughs) you're laughing but that well and truly could have been the case yeah leave it with me we're uh, just mapping it out yeah so uh, I thought that was surprisingly unusual at that at the time I was like what do you mean you're laughing at me like I want to I want to want more information yeah before I sign a a five-year deal uh, ahead of his time, as always, producer Jace, and very comprehensive from you, as always. We've still got a few things we uh, we're going to get to. So, but the news is imperative. We're going to get to the news first, and then I, I've got uh, for you, Bryce, the biggest story of this week. I don't think many people caught it or realised, but the biggest story of the week. We just need to touch on that briefly. Up next, it's currently two minutes past nine. Let's get to the news. Thank you, Jace. City Discount Tyres for great deals on the world's biggest brands in tyres, wheels and suspension. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yeah, and we're here for Lumo Energy at number one King William Street. It's powered by Lumo Energy SA and City Discount Tyres, SUV tyre deals on now. Uh, Good morning, Bryce. Good morning, Thomas. Are you a (laughs) Thomas or are you just a Thomas? I was actually born a Thomas. Thomas, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Thomas Esquire the third. Uh, wow, yes, oh, it's, no, it's a, I just say because it's a posh kind of you okay. know stock standard English name. Yep, really the third. I yep. like it. My dad's name is Michael, another stock standard name in my family, and we've all got lily white skin. But Bryce, a continuation of the week that was. I, I just wanted to get your thoughts on. The buy has been a bit of a problem this year and most years because players come back and they're shit ass. So let's have a <laughs> listen to uh, Rocket E talking about his experience as a coach with the post-buy malaise. I would think most players would get a program, but whether they follow it, so they come back very sluggish. I, and every time in my 17 years of coaching, the first training session after the buy was probably the worst training session. They were sluggish. They tried to get going. Not all the time, but a lot of times you'd have a bloke get a hamstring injury out of that because they obviously hadn't done the work. And it took me a while to actually join the dots and say, okay, let's accept that the first sessions is just a sluggish, get get the dirty water out of the pipes, don't go too hard, and then you can build up from there. So I think it's a bit of physical. I've got no doubt it's, it's mental as well. That completely 
shut off. And it just seems this mental edge is lost completely. Yeah, so some people, some players need to get the dirty water out of the pipes. Uh, a li- it takes them a bit longer than others. Yeah, that's, that's certainly the case. And every time you play that, um, any audio of Rocket Eat, I, I just think it's going to be that Will Minson when he's trying to get him <laughs> off, well! off, off the ground. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't, yeah, I, it, he's spot on. Yeah, and it doesn't matter whether it's AFL, SNFL, like it happens at all level mm. or levels. Sorry. And oh, I don't know what it is, whether players, as you, as you said, players take need a session just to switch back on because the skills are usually poor. Yeah. The, the intensity is a lot lower uh, than what it should be, uh, whether guys are just still in holiday mode. And it does. Every, nearly every session post a buy or, or a break within the, you know, the first drill, mm full ground drill, the coach is usually blowing the whistle, bring it in, giving them a spray. That's <laughs> They're no not good, good enough. Like start yeah. switching on, otherwise we'll be running 400s. Like it happens right. all the time. Yeah. It's fascinating that it happened. Surely that they could come up with a but way still, to combat it. You still know as a, as you get obviously more experience yeah. and, and you understand it, you even tell yourself, right. You, even as a playing group, you'll get together before the first drill and you'll be like, right. Yeah. We need to switch on here. We've warmed up. If we've caught up with what we've done over the, yeah. the couple of days off. Right now, it's time to switch on. Let's have a good session, intensity up. Let's go hard. Yeah. And even after that chat, <laughs> it still turns to garbage. Yeah, it's fascinating. It will be a fascinating watch with uh, both the Crows and Collingwood tomorrow coming off the bye. How that affects uh, both sides. You know, one of them could come out looking really bad. Now, Bryce, this is what I've wanted to get to because it's been big, big news during the week uh, across all media outlets, massive, massive news that Essendon want to change their logo. Bombers logo. The Essendon logo situation, what's the latest? Essendon should change their logo. Long process, Dwayne. There's all sorts of preliminary research projects and studies. They put out a statement like yesterday, we are conducting a preliminary research project which centred around Essendon's brand and its elements. The Essendon Bombers are the Bombers. What, we're going to change their name to the aeroplanes? So do you think they'll remove the aeroplane and put a sash on? Certainly no guarantee that it gets changed. I think it will. Like... I'm not sure how this started. The obvious thing here was the Herald Sun, which seems to spend half its life these days playing culture wars. The legends have to come out and say, this just isn't on. Hasn't every club <laughs> changed their logo? Oh, just yeah. go and change it yeah. and tell the supporters what you're doing. Yeah. Don't invite them to have yeah. an opinion on it. It's not offensive. It was about the branding. I didn't even think it was an issue. I don't get it. Not a single person <laughs> believes that Essendon needs to change its logo. There's not much kicking around at the moment. Yeah. Uh, is that why this has got some prominence? Because there's nothing around. Yeah, I think it's a big story about nothing. <laughs> I've got a headache. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big, big. I'm not sure how that story got legs, but it was big during the week. I um I sent that piece of audio to uh, Hutchie, our boss, this morning. See oh, if they, <laughs> and what what was the reply? Uh, no reply. <laughs> As yet, we'll see if Hutchie and picks want to use that one. But Bryce, hey, let's do this one very quickly. It's time for question time. I asked the Prime Minister, if you are so confident about your view for fight back, why won't you call an early election? The The answer is, mate, mate, because I want to do you slowly. Okay, your turn to uh, do me slowly, Bryce. Sure, Tom. Okay, let's get off the top. Uh, Are you enjoying Thursday Night Footy? I love it. 
Love it. It breaks up the week and it gives people something to look forward to on a Thursday because it makes it feel like the week is ending a little bit earlier and just puts a, a bit of a pep in your step for Friday, particularly if it's an exciting game. Well, that wasn't my question. My question is, <laughs> should uh, should it be a permanent fixture yeah. well, on, uh, on the uh, AFL calendar each and every week? Yeah, obviously. I mean, I think it's been widely spoken about, particularly on uh, Jared Waitley's show, that people are feeling down when the Thursday night game was taken away. I didn't like it. Uh, just, you know, livens up the week. You might pour a little glass of red uh, on a Thursday night. I enjoy it. So that's a big yes from you? Big, big yes. Yeah. Nice. Uh, we've, uh, question number two. We've seen a lot of the Crows' young yes. talent yes. sign in the past week. Yes. About four or five or six of them. I've sort of lost count because they're all putting pen to paper. Yeah. You're a mad Crows nuffy. Yes. Which player are you most excited to see sign at the Adelaide Crows? I'd say the biggest relief is Josh Rochelle because... But he'd already signed. Yeah, he'd already signed for two years. But, you know, you never know with those absolute stars of the comp, the uh, Victorian clubs were going to come for him. And it's, it was just reassuring to hear him say, I love it here. I want to stay his best mates with Saligo. So that wrapped it up real quick. And it, it, he looks like he's going to be a one-club player. Uh, so that for some reason I get insecure. I think Crows fans are a little bit damaged from others leaving. Yeah. Well, it's a big call for him to say that uh, yeah. at this point in time. Uh, we, well, he's obviously signed a, a long, long-term with all the years, mm. but uh, yeah, situations change and things happen and yeah, talking from experience. Time. So uh, <laughs> Mind we'll see, you. we'll see how it plays out. So it doesn't happen too often these days. Mind you, all the others are fantastic as well. Saligo, uh, Chase, you know, Chase has found his spot, so that's good. Question number three, Ash's question. Yeah. Would you rather make back-to-back centuries in both innings mm-hmm. of a test match, an Ashes test match, or would you rather take 10 wickets across both test matches or across both innings, sorry? Well, both of those things, you, you'd rate them on par. They are equal. Five wickets is the equivalent to 100, and this is why you've asked the question. Uh, but as a previous uh, batsman in grade cricket, I would have to say the batting because I've, I find batting fun. Uh, raise the bat. I, I didn't get to raise the bat that often, so I'd be living out a childhood dream, bros. Nice, Tom. Uh, now, I thought of this one. This one's a break, groundbreaking question. <laughs> I thought of this while I was eating a Maxi Bond, actually, a Maxi on bond. the couch yeah. last night. Uh, I don't know whether you're an ice cream man or not. I am, Tom, actually. But uh, favourite ice cream of choice? Okay, well, I've actually got a pro- like an issue, like an addiction issue with ice cream. Oh, I eat it late at night. I'm loving Copenhagen right now. I love to go there. I love to get an affogato, which is ice cream with vanilla ice cream with coffee poured on top of it. And it's brilliant because you get the hit of the coffee. I get two shots and you enjoy the ice cream with a bit of a coffee flavor as well. Copenhagen uh, uh, do some fantastic flavors, not even cash for comment. Oh, okay, I don't mind but it. But I would like some free ice cream if I possible. I don't mind it. Oh, maybe we can uh, search for a, something up. a sponsor. Yeah. To sponsor the show, maybe potentially in the future. Ben and, and Jerry's even. That'll uh, that'll sort you out. Yes. Um, Next question. Mystery question. <laughs> mystery question. Um, We're all a mystery to me. I'm actually Googling this as we speak, so <laughs> okay. sorry if this is Yeah, a bit, yeah, I'll just do some padding. This brings us back. Um, if animals could talk, Tom. Yeah. 
Which would be the most boring? Oh. That's <laughs> a shocker. It, it would have, <laughs> That's a shocker. It would have to be those stupid little, uh, you know those token dogs that we, uh, women carry in their handbags? Oh, the little chihuahuas. Little chihuahuas. Little I Paris Hilton. The Paris Hilton yeah. ties. I, I'm going to target them right. because they're pointless. They've been bred for purpose handbags bred for, ha- purpose for handbags. For handbags. <laughs> purpose bred for handbags. And I just don't think they'd have anything great to say. So I, I'm going to go with the little chihuahuas there. there. But mind you, a, a golden retriever or a beagle would be a fascinating conversation. More up and about? More up, more uh, intellect. Okay. They just have a deeper knowledge of, of things, all things worldly. Great. Uh, that's great question insight. time. Great yeah. insight from Tom well, Lyon. That's another uh, fascinating edition of Question Time for you guys. Uh, plenty of texts coming through, Bryce. We're going to come to those up next, along with Port Adelaide's mid-season report card. I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts about that. It's 9.15. Yes, so good to be with you. Saturday morning, time to start living your life. And I'm excited right now, Bryce, because Port Adelaide, uh, it was supposed to be Kenny's final year of contract and that stereotypical pressurised coaching situation. But you know how it goes. By round 15, they're all speculating about what's going to happen. But uh, it's been quite the opposite for Port Adelaide. They've created this perfect atmosphere of heightened awareness for the players in the coaching group. And both are performing to their full potential. Ken is just like the master conductor and the fans can dream big because there's a rare opportunity ahead for them, Bryce. So... Porter at the buy now, and we thought, what better time to take stock with a mid-year report card? How good have they been? Seriously, incredible. since that showdown loss in round two, was it, or round three? Mm. They just, well, they've been undefeated since yeah. 11 on the trot. A club record, mind you, and everyone, or most people, wanted Ken's head after round two. Particularly the fans. They thought he was... A lot of them thought he was untenable, even some ex-players. Untenable. But he has been unbelievable, the way he's just stuck to his plan, stuck to his process. Mm. There's no doubt the players have always loved him. And that's evident with the way they talk about him in their their press conferences, not only this year, but in, in past years. And you can see they're engaged. The way that he talks to them on the boundary, you can see that they just love him like a dad almost. Yeah, absolutely. And so a bit of expectation versus reality, Tom. I mean, yes. I thought they would bounce back from not making the finals last year. Obviously, they went mm. 0-5 with the talent they had on their list. It was a bit of a shock coming off a prelim final mm. that, uh, that they the year they had last year. So I certainly thought they could bounce. They obviously yeah. went off hard in the in the trade period. Topped Very up well. with Jason Horn Francis, got uh, Junior Rioli in as well, and kept everyone. They didn't have to give anything up. They gave up yep. future picks and everything, but knew what they wanted, went and got it. Perfect. So I thought they could bounce. I thought mm. they could get back to you know be around the finals mark. Six, seventh, eighth position, but I didn't think that they'd be sitting top of the ladder mm. with uh, a tricky draw to finish with. But they've done the work now, so they just need they just need to pick off these wins in the run home, and that, yeah. they're going to finish top two, and they're going to have two home finals, which we know this is a fortress here at Adelaide Oval for yeah. both Port and the Crows. This could be a huge year for Port Adelaide. 
Yeah. They could, they could climb the summit. They've uh, got a rare opportunity right in front of their eyes right now. And I, I agree with you with the expectation versus reality. They've blown those expectations out of the water. So they're a real deal chance this year. Uh, we're going to get to the run home in a second. But Bryce, under the next section, who are their all-Australian contenders for you? Well, there could be a few. When you, when you have a successful mm. year, usually you've got three, four, five guys putting their hands up for, for all-Australian honours. Uh, the yep. obvious one, Zach Butters. Yeah. We, we knew he had this in him. We knew his progress was going to continue in an upward Trajectory. Thank you. I, gonna, <laughs> I wanted you to get that word out for me. And and Jeezy's delivered. Oh my! He has he's been unbelievable. Rare air. He's small in stature. Not a, not a big, huge man. But Jeezy's mm. hard as nails. He uses the ball well. The way he uses his legs out of stoppages. Fast. Just light on his feet. Very nimble. Hard to hard to tackle. Yeah. Uh, he's hitting the scoreboard, and he has been dynamite. And he's year. a smart player like you see the way when he chooses to run in a particular direction like he'll know immediately say if against the Bulldogs I was watching him he knew immediately when Bonds and Pelly was going to get the clearance so he doesn't bother going in he'll just run straight to where he needs to be defensively get involved bring it back to attack or alternatively he'll know just in a millisecond when the porter going to get a clearance he'll run the right direction high IQ no doubt about that and Lock him in for all Australian. There's yep. no question about that. And he could feature prominently on, on Brown Brownlow yeah. as well. He's yeah. going that well. Um, some other guys, I think Dan Houston has been yeah. fantastic off a halfback. He, I think that's been one of Port's uh, great advantages this year. Mm. They, they're giving it to their good ball users. And he's one of them. When the ball's in his hands, yep. he plays at halfback. He, just as, he has just as many inside 50s. As mm. a midfielder, and he delivers it so well, whether it's rebounding from the defence or he's delivering it inside fifty, and he's taking intercept marks as well. So I think Dan yep. Houston's uh, in all Australian contention to this point. Connor Rosie has yep. continued his all Australian um, breakout year from last year, and he's sort of in a in a, in a scary way taken a back seat with Rosie playing. So well, a bit of a Batman and Robin combination. If if they go to Zach Butters, he's yep. the one getting off the chain. Uh, and I reckon Alia Alia has been just the rock of Gibraltar for Port Adelaide down the back. The what? Rock of Gibraltar? Is that it? The say? rock of Gibraltar? Yeah. I haven't heard that one, but okay. we'll look into that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, just with his intercept marking uh, and when he's had to play on the big key forwards, he's, he's shutting them out of the game as well. So yeah. he had a bit of a down year last year, but uh, he has to be in all Australian conversation at this point. I went on a little bit long, Tom. So who you got? No, no, I, I'm in cl- complete agreement. So uh, Power Pepper could be a smoky as well for, for that. We'll see. Now we're going to venture into the breakout players. This is sort of a similar s- situation. Feel good stuff. I've got Dylan Williams has actually stepped up. He was a pick 23, uh, then rejected, cut by the club, come back as a rookie. So I thought he's a feel good story, Dylan Williams. Hamish Hartlett said he was lucky to get a contract. Yeah, yeah. Got one at the last minute. So He was. So sliding doors. Yeah, he's stepped up nicely and Miles Bergman though as well. He's uh, it's been a real breakout year for him. He can perform a number of roles and no wonder he's wanted uh, by uh, a lot of other clubs. So those are a couple of the feel good stories. Bryce for you, who needs to lift? Well, uh, it's, it's a tough one to talk about this this player, but it's a skipper. Yeah, yeah, good call. Obviously 
been out of form. He's mm. had a few injury issues in there as well, but can't find his way back in this side. He's, he's playing in the sandfall at the moment and he's basically waiting. Unless he gets back to absolutely exceptional form uh, and having, I mean, he needs to be having 25 and 10 intercept marks yeah. in the sandfall to break back into this, this Port Adelaide defence or he needs to wait for an injury. Mm. And uh, I think Ollie Wines was quoted during the week. Uh, it's been tough, tough for him and, and tough for other Would players to, to see him on the outer like this. But I don't know. You can, I'm just forecasting forward. If Port, Port could actually win the flag and have their, their, their skipper on the sidelines. This is a very and, possible. And not being injured. Yeah, very possible scenario. It's another way Ken has man-managed things beautifully because he's obviously delivering the hard messages and uh, it's very possible uh, Tom Jonas won't make it back in for those big finals games. Looking ahead, Bryce, to the run home, I've got them... Obviously, they could win all of them because they haven't lost for 12 <laughs> games. But the danger games are Essendon at the MCG, Collingwood at home, and probably Geelong at GMHBA Stadium could be a tight one. Uh, so hypothetically, just say if worst case scenario, if they were to lose those three and win against Gold Coast Carlton, uh, showdown at home, uh, Giants at home, Frio away, Richmond at home, they're going to have 18 wins minimum. Minimum. Yeah, and that locks them a, a top two spot and yeah. a couple of fi- home finals, which is huge, as we know. I've got uh, I've got the yeah. showdown as a question mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. always close those ones. Uh, so that's our mid-season report uh, for Port Adelaide. Very glowing review. Let us know your thoughts on 0427154166. Uh, positive Port fan here is texting in. Surely Port Adelaide are going to sign Hinkley now. Hasn't he got this group? He's shown he's got this group. Uh, yes, well, I think the, they've got the perfect balance there of anxiety and uh, performance that they're just going to wait to sign Ken Hinckley. I think they're going to keep things as they are. We've got to get to a break, Bryce. It's currently 29 past nine. City Discount Tyres for great deals on the world's biggest brands in tyres, wheels and suspension. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yeah, good morning. So good to be with you this morning. We've got a massive show still to come. But coming up next, we are reminiscing as Adelaide are taking on Collingwood tomorrow. About 30 years ago today, the Crows defeated Collingwood for the first time to make their first ever finals appearance in 1993. So a key man in all of that was Rodney Jamison. He's going to be joining us up next, but right now it's time for the news. On the other side a few moments ago, a hand pass at the feet of a player running by. If they can execute, they can win this. Wiedemann puts it across to support. McGuinness untidy again the hand pass. McDermott wobbles one towards half forward. Smart gave a contest. Yarman knocks it on. Here's Brown swooping on it. 35 metres out. Goal. Just... <laughs> That was the Crows game in 1993. We thought with Adelaide taking on Collingwood tomorrow, good time to reminisce because they beat them exactly 30 years ago in 1993 to make their debut finals appearance. So uh, they were needing to win that last game to do it because Geelong had also beat West Coast over in the West. Now they staged a remarkable comeback and a key man, an integral man to Adelaide's year and that game was Rod Jamison and we thought we'd reminisce with him right now. He's on the phone. Rodney Jamison, good morning. Uh, good morning, man. <laughs> uh, good to have you on. Hey, we're just having a look through this team sheet here. 
uh, Tony McGuinness, Tony Modra, David Pittman, some iconic players as, along with yourself as well. Uh, do you remember that day or do you have many clear memories of it? Well, I had some fond memories of it and how difficult it was in that year and how well we had played and how big that day was to get into the finals. Um, but uh, knowing that I was coming on to have a chat, I went back and, and just had a look at mm. a couple of the stats and then also the people that were involved in the game. And then I watched the, the second quarter particularly because Collingwood got out of the blocks and kicked six in the first and we only kicked one. And then we ended up kicking seven goals in that second quarter um, and that restricted Collingwood to two. So uh, it was good to be able to reflect and, and have a look at it. And reflecting on your game, Jamo, who did you play on? What sort of role did you play uh, on the day? Yeah, Ross, I was um, I played full back, and uh, Ronnie McKeon was their full forward. Um, so yeah, really solid full forward. Um, they had mm. Sav Rocker there. Um, we had a really good defence. We sort of threw it around, I think, a little bit in that second quarter, um, and then I ended up on Gavin Brown. Um, he didn't have too many quiet days, but he had a quiet day that day. He came down and I stood him for the last part of the game. But I remember it, uh, it was pretty tight in the end. Um, but no, it was a bloody good win by the club to, to make it to our first finals. Rod, right, I was seven years old uh, that year watching the Crows as a tiny Crows fan. And just for our, our younger listeners, um, it says Chris McDermott was 29 years old in 1993 and he looks exactly the same back then as what he does today. Uh, to our, <laughs> his face, he, 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 uh, he just looked like a rugged man. Um, to our younger listeners, how would you describe uh, Chris McDermott, Adelaide's first ever captain? Oh, uh, rugged was probably apt. He's um, unbelievably heroic, um, strong. I, I was lucky enough to play with him at Glenelg um, in the late 80s. So I missed, I, I played my first game in 89 against Port Adelaide at Footy Park. And to play with Chris and watch him perform, he came back, he, he he had a knee reconstruction. I think his first game was back against Port Adelaide too. And like he just picked up and left off. I mean, the, the, he put his head where most people wouldn't put his feet and he just continually did it. And then the state games just sort of epitomised the way he played. And, you know, he, he played what he was drafted, I think, by Brisbane back in those days. And that was when you had three years that you could either stay and go. It wasn't like today where you got drafted and you went into that market straight away. And he just stuck fat. He and Gary McIntosh, you know, wanted to stay and play for their local clubs. So it was, I'm glad he got the opportunity to play at that AFL level. And look, he probably didn't need to prove anything because he played so well in those state games that were, you know, against Victoria mm. for many years. Uh, another one to clarify from childhood, Rod. I remember going to Crows games and Simon Tregenza would accumulate the ball. But did he, in my memory, he had the odd clanger. Is that true? <laughs> Trigger was unique. He played at Sir Glenelg. <laughs> so I played with him in the in the junior grades and yeah. um, sort of under 14, 15s. And then he ended up at Port Adelaide. I'm not quite sure how it happened. Trigger was a very good athlete, very good cricket player. Yeah. Very fast. Um, yes. Couldn't touch his, couldn't get his 
if you were standing up to bend over, he'd be lucky to get his hands past his knees, <laughs> which was... Um, but he'd have 25, 30 touches most games. And uh, I guess in today's language, you know, he wasn't overly efficient with the football. He'd possibly turn it over <laughs> half a dozen times in a game. But um, yeah. he just kept accumulating it on the wing and, uh, and did a pretty good job. Yeah, he was a great player. Um, looking now to your life now, right, I was just having a look at your immaculate LinkedIn profile. You've professionally gone on to, uh, you know, take part in the Crows board and you're at the ABC, uh, part of the commentary and all sorts of things professionally. Did you do much preparing for your life? Uh, well, firstly, where, where are you at now and did you prepare much for that during your football career? We were very lucky, um, or lucky or not so lucky. Um, we were semi-professional through our time. So my entire time when I retired, I was I was still working, um, you know, Monday to Friday and then training um, mm. at night. So I possibly felt I had one more year. I was 29, almost 30. I felt I might have maybe have played half a dozen games, two a dozen games for the year. So I ended up, giving it away. Um, I had a young family at the time and I had a full-time job. So I would have had to throw my job in, um, maybe play football for another year and then go out and find another job. So just in the balance of it all, I thought it was the right thing to do. And um, at the time, um, I was asked to, to do some radio. I initially declined. I just thought I wanted to step away. But uh, I ended up doing it, and here I am. Yeah, lucky enough, and humbly, 23 years later, I'm, I'm still involved with with radio. I'm heading up to catch a plane at 11 o'clock today to, to call the Sydney West Coast game with the ABC. So it's um, it's been a great way to stay involved and stay connected. And so for my transition, it it was a reasonably easy one to do. Uh, as Tom said, Jamo, you obviously spent some time on the board and you're, you're always highly active with the, with the past players and official functions and, and helping out with those. Just a word on, on the current team uh, and how they've gone this year. Have they exceeded your expectations of how they've performed this year and, and, and where they find themselves in the hunt to, to, to play finals at uh, the halfway point of the year? It's... Uh... It's a tough one, Bryce, because uh, as you all know, you, you just need, I think at the start of the year to answer the question is I, I was a bit bullish with our, with Adelaide. So I stepped off the board at the 1st of March and been part of the footy uh, for the last 18 months to two years, you know, with just more experience into the group. Um, we lost five games last year under two goals. And, you know, if but could have, should have, um, if we had have won three to and if not all of those, I mean, we would have finished if close to sixth. So, again, healthy list, um, greater experience, and um, just exposure and strong leadership. I, I, I felt that if Adelaide were to perform well again this year and had those opportunities in those areas, I, I thought we'd be around the mark again, which is where we're, we're currently at. And We've still got a little ways to go, but I've obviously Isaac Rankin coming in um, has the dynamic and the speed. Rochelle's really improved. Saligo's been good. The back line's been settled. Miller has, hasn't played for 12 to 18 months, you know, and he's come back and performed well, albeit Uday's gone down now. Um, Worrell, he 
Rio when he's come in and stepped up. Butts has been really good. Nick Murray's been solid. These guys have now got 50, 60 games into them. So they're starting to find their way. The cohesion's getting better. I think what frustrates me, um, me personally, I think, and supporters that follow the club, is that the GWS game, you're up by six, you lose that. The Richmond one, they get out to a head start. You do all the work to get back, and then they kick the last two or three to get away. Um, and there's a game, the Collingwood one, that gets... You know that slips away, but then you have a look at you take it to Port Adelaide as to where they are, and we score the last six of that game to win it really convincingly too. So, um, as you well know, it's hard to to maintain the rage for the full four quarters. But if you can do it for two and a half, three, three in a bit, um, but it's easier to say that. And from my side of the glass, where I call a game of footy now, it's um, it's the game is still incredibly tough, as you all know, Bryce. Too, um, you have to be so efficient with the football. You got to have the endurance, and you you've just got to keep your body healthy and well. And it's so hard to do. Uh, some amazing insight, uh, Rod. Thank you so much. Uh, Thirty years since that groundbreaking win against Collingwood to make Adelaide's debut finals uh, appearance. Rodney Jamison, an all-time great for the Adelaide Crows. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, pleasure, men. Well, it'll be a tough game. I think Collingwood have won yeah. the last seven, so to go to the MCG tomorrow and they've got to defend it. It's a big ground. Collingwood are a very good side. Adelaide can win, but they're going to be at their best. But yeah, uh, yeah it's going to be tough. So enjoy your weekend. You too. Thank you very much. Uh, Rod Jamison there. Yeah, it is going to be a tough one tomorrow for the Crows, Bryce. I I can't see them getting the chocolates there. Um, that was a fascinating chat, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Brought back some uh, some good memories as yeah. well. You said you were seven year old. Yeah, watching him uh, on the TV. So uh, for uh, some of our older listeners who would know uh, Rod Jamison well, um, hope you enjoyed that chat. Thank you very much, Rod Jamison, Adelaide Crows champion. Uh, we got to get to a break because up next, Bryce, it's the Sports Report and we've got a cascade of your text messages that we need to work our way through. So it's currently uh, 9.50. City Discount Tyres for great deals on the world's biggest brands in tyres, wheels and suspension. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yes, it's a lovely Saturday. Had a few scattered showers actually, top of 15 degrees. We are at SENSA's Studio Lumo SA at number one King William Street and powered by Lumo Energy SA. And for City Discount Tyres, SUV tyre deals on now. Uh, we've been asking... What are the best shutdowns you've ever come across on 0427-154-166, of course, in the public sphere or uh, in your own life? And this one from Brett. One of the funniest I've ever seen with, was Channel 10 Sports News in the early 2000s. Mark Aston was mentioning something about being small when the female anchor stepped in and said, well, you would know all about that. I think we go, we're going to get... Hold of that audio, Bryce. We're yeah. going to get producer Jace to uh, get hold of that. But right now, it's time for a bit of sport around the world. This Saturday scoreboard. Oh, boy, is it what? Uh, we've got some Australians doing some great stuff in mm. the United States uh, in the realm of baseball. Now, yes. NBA is finished. Uh, NFL is not quite geared up yet. We've got the Stanley Cup winners in the NFL. So really, at this stage in the US, in US sports, it's all about... 
Major League Baseball. And we'll get to Eric Borner in just a moment. He's patiently waiting on the line. But first, overnight, Alex Demonor. He's through to the semifinals at Queens, uh, beat Adrian Marinaro, 6-4-4-6-6-4. So it's his second Queens Club semifinal. And let's hope he can go well in Wimbledon. If you go well at yeah. Queens, you traditionally do. So okay. been watching any of the tennis boys? I haven't, but I really like Alex Diminor. He's uh, he's a young, uh, our next white hope, I'd say. Let's hope he goes well, along with uh, Nicky Kyrgios, who let's see if he actually plays. At yeah, Wimbledon. and he's... puts in his maximum. Well, he did last year, and yeah. look what came of it. So, uh, Annabelle Sutherland. Racked up 137 in the women's ashes. It's a one-off mm. test match. And Australia finished their first innings at 473 all out last night. Uh, she also took a wicket, but the Poms have hit back. They've gone to stumps two for 218. Mm. So, pretty okay. good side, the, the women's. Oh, it's a cracking series, yeah. that. Just as good as the Sun- men. Sutherland yeah. come in at eight or Number something. Number eight, yeah. She made 100. So yeah. that just at least Perry the, was out for 99 yeah, on day shows one. You the depth in that they spot. are an all-time great team. Yeah. How's this one? A bit, a bit from left field. Pardon the baseball pun there. But mm. uh, the Olympic flame for Paris 2024 is uh, going to be hitting the road in April next year. Its mm. path was announced yesterday. So uh, I think April the 16th, it'll take off from Olympia in Greece. Yep. And it'll get to France on April the 27th next year, which is... Uh, funnily enough, three days before my birthday, and I will be in France on my birthday wow. next year. There you go. How about that? Wow. Lucky I you, I might be Jace. able to get to run with the flame. Go You're going to go, go to the, uh, the Eiffel Tower? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hang Good. on. Hey. Can you <laughs> say that again? Say that one more time um, for me. Are you going to uh, visit the Eiffel Tower? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh boy! Oh, oh. Uh, yeah, oh, that was French. What, French what? are known for their amazing breath as well. And uh, just very quickly, um, while we're talking about the Olympics, I wanted to mention this. How's this? An Aussie entrepreneur is launching an Olympics for drug takers. Okay. So if you are a if you're, if you're into PEDs, this yeah. is for you. Um, Bryce, an Olympic-style competition for drug-taking athletes being launched by an Australian entrepreneur, Aaron D'Souza. And so is this for dr- athletes who are taking performance-enhancing or Correct. are they just t- doing some lines? Performance-enhancing drugs. <laughs> it's going to be starting in December <laughs> next year. Oh, I'll let that through to the keeper. High-profile Aussie athletes, two of them are among those expressing interest, but we don't know who. So... Well, that's, that. a, that's a fascinating We've watch. seen the 100 metres see. done in eight yeah. seconds, perhaps. All sorts of world records. Yeah, broken, being no broken. Lots of stuff uh, going on unofficially. there. Unofficially. Uh, Jace, let's get to our man on the line, though. Special guest on the line. I do. Eric Ballner, who is the voice of the Adelaide Giants every summer. They are the reigning champions. And there are some great baseballers, not just from the Giants, but from South Australia in general, doing great things in the United States. Eric, are you on the line, mate? Yeah, boys. How are we going? Going well, thanks, mate. Uh, before we get to uh, the Aussies that are doing great things in the States, I heard a rumour that a giant, an Adelaide giant, has signed, how is this, Bryce, a lifetime contract. Wow, we. So we're not talking five years, six years, seven years. Lifetime, for as long as he wants to play, he's contracted to the Adelaide Giants. Is that right? And how does that work? That is correct. Yeah, that's correct. Jordan McArdle, and it's pretty much as you described it. He's... Uh... If he's playing baseball in Australia, he'll be playing for the Adelaide Giants, and it's kind of a mutual thing, right? I mean, he's kind of the heart and soul of the team, though. If you watched a bit of baseball last year, J-Mac had a heroic performance in the championship. Everybody loves him around the field. Good Adelaide boy. 
big Souths fan. You know, he's just uh, you got you got to stick around, J Mac. So how, how does that work, um, Eric? Is is that something that, from a financial point of view, do they is that year in year out it's the same, or does he get to renegotiate every couple of years? Or like it's extraordinary to, to sign a, a life year deal and something that I've never heard of before. That's for sure. Yeah, I think he'll be able to to kind of re- renegotiate within in reason, sort of on both sides. But I think it's mainly sort of a, a symbolic thing, just uh, you know, expressing the intention that and putting it in writing and on a document that he doesn't want to leave and he's not intending to leave. And this is his home and born and raised here, grew up going to games at Norwood Oval, starring for the team. And it, and it kind of goes both ways. Um, obviously, Team Australia guy, we really want him as well. So uh, pretty exciting for Jordan. He's actually the third player in the ABL to sign this. So um, there's two guys in Perth that have done the same deal in Perth. So yeah, a bit unique to baseball, but there's a lot of unique things in our sport, I suppose. I'm signing a lifetime deal for this show as well, just to yes. let you boys know behind the <laughs> scenes. But, Thank uh, you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if, the, I don't know if Hutchie will sign it, but I'm going to. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's. Uh, I want to talk about the Aussies that are playing in the US at the moment. Uh, there's a couple at major league level. Liam Hendricks, his comeback's been well documented. But behind the scenes, there's a couple of Aussies doing some great things at minor league level who are knocking on the door. Yeah, I mean, there's um, there's two in particular from South Australia that are playing in AAA baseball. And that's basically, I mean, baseball is a weird sort of system in the minor leagues. You sort of work your way up different levels to get to the big leagues. And AAA is right below the big leagues. So it means that you're basically good enough to play in that, that league. You're now sort of sitting in the resi sort of comparison, although it's not quite the same function. Uh, and for the first time ever in South Australian baseball history, we've got two South Aussies that are playing in AAA baseball, and, and they're both young. They're both on prospects. So Curtis Mead, good Lockley's boy. Um, he's uh, from West Torrens Baseball Club, born and raised, played for us for a number of years. He's with the Tampa Bay Rays in AAA. But the, right now the star is Jack O'Loughlin, the drought breaker himself. They always seems to have the ball for South Australia when they – when they need a, a big win, whether it be in juniors and then seniors, Claxton Shield, Team Australia's best pitcher in the World Baseball Classic, he has been on like a, a meteoric rise in the minor leagues. Like he he hasn't allowed a run in 35 of his last 39 innings, and uh, yeah, he's probably our best shot to get a big league call up this year. All of a sudden, because the kid from Port from Playford City Baseball Club as a junior is now all of a sudden. Uh, remarkably in an incredible arc, just a, a phone call away from the big leagues. Fascinating. You're hearing the voice of Eric Baldner. Uh, Eric, thank you so much for enlightening us on all things baseball from a South Australian lens. Uh, no problem. Anytime you want to talk baseball, need an update, give me a call. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm watching some baseball right now. A couple <laughs> Giants boys doing well. So, yeah, we're, we're rolling. Fantastic. Uh, thank you, Eric. That's uh, Eric Ballner, uh, one of our key people associated with the Adelaide Giants. Uh, Jace? He is, and he's the voice of the Giants through the summer months. You'll hear him, uh, for those that like to follow it on YouTube and their, their yeah. channels, um, you'll be able to hear him calling matches again next summer, I'm sure. Uh, fascinating. Now, we are going to get to a break because it's time for the news, and then straight afterwards we're going to talk to our man, Bryce Gibbs. Josh Gablich, newsbreaker extraordinaire. He's got a plethora of things that we need to get through. 
City Discount Tyres for great deals on the world's biggest brands in tyres, wheels and suspension. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yeah, we're having a jolly old time in the studio this morning. A little bit loose. Hopefully you're having a good time in the car wherever you're headed or uh, your kids' sport. And uh, we're looking forward to the Crows taking on Collingwood at the MCG tomorrow. Um, A man who is right across that game and a whole bunch of other things in the news, Josh Gablich. Gabbo, good morning. Morning, Tom. Morning, Bryce. Good to be with you both. Hopefully uh, a nice little Saturday over there. It's, it's starting to turn it on a little bit in Melbourne, which is good because it's been right. a terrible week weather-wise. Yeah, we've had uh, very, very poor weather in Adelaide this week. Yesterday, just pouring for about 24 hours straight. So uh, no outdoor activities. Um, Josh, just looking to the game tomorrow between Collingwood and the Crows, Jeremy Howe finally making his comeback. Oh, well, this is remarkable, Tom. I mean, when he went down in round one, it looked like he may not play again this year, given how mm. serious that arm injury was. And, I mean, in the in the month afterwards, he had four bouts of surgery. He had a, a week in hospital with an awful, awful infection that, that really did threaten his availability this year. So to see him back is, is pretty awesome. I've spent a lot of time at Collingwood in the past few weeks. And watching him train, it looked like he was good to go maybe a month ago. That, that's that's how good he's been in, in terms of his, his shape. So he looks like he's going to slot straight back in tomorrow. And it's, it's created a, a real selection headache for Craig McRae. And he sort of spoke about this yesterday. And Billy Frampton's the one that's made way. He's, he's mm. pretty stiff because I think he's played a really decent role in, in different positions across the year today. But now they're, they're, they're almost back to full strength. No steel side bottom at the moment. No... Jordan Degoe, no Dan McStay, but other than that, they're really healthy. So Billy Frampton's the one that makes way. Jamie Elliott also comes back in tomorrow, which is a, a, a big in. He's, he's had some issues with the shoulder for, for the best part of two months, so they've, they've given him three weeks to get it right, and he's back. And no, Jack Inovent is, is the other one that's probably of interest to some people. He's playing in the VFL right now, so he doesn't get back in after being squeezed out on King's birthday. So there's a fair bit going on at the Pies. Certainly a bit of a scary proposition for other clubs. The Pies getting back to full strength. There's no doubt about that. Uh, have you got an update for us uh, on Jeremy Cameron, who was knocked out on Thursday night? It was a, a terrible hit, and uh, we all had our fingers crossed that he was going to be okay. But uh, you got an update on him for us, Josh? I do, Bryce. Yeah, he's been discharged from hospital, and there's a, a belief that he's okay in terms of structural issues around his neck and his jaw because it was really nasty. I mean, the game stopped for seven minutes. It was one of the more serious concussions I've seen this year, I think. It was it was really nice. And the, the fact that it was friendly fire, I mean, you could see how rattled Gary Rowan was from that incident. It was quite distressing. And the way Gary Rowan responded after that, I mean, Chris Scott spoke about it in his post-game. It was mm. sensational the way he bounced back. I thought he was super influential on Thursday night. But... Jeremy Cameron's back home. Obviously, he's entered concussion protocols now, so he won't play against Sydney next Friday night, but they are hopeful he'll be back the following week. So just a watch on that because it was a really serious head knock, and we have seen players these two, three weeks sometimes with, with, with these more serious concussions. So they're, they're hopeful that he'll only miss the one week, but they won't rush him back. Patrick Dangerfield's the other one. I mean, he's had such a stop start last two months and came back over there, in uh, round 14 and, and had that really nasty partially punctured lung and I think the ribs is, is the big issue so just a watch on him, he trained yesterday he's going to train 
again tomorrow and Monday, but I'm just not too sure if he gets up in time for, for Friday night. So I could be without two of their best players for a, a big game for them. Uh, and hopefully I'm not putting you on the spot here, but you mentioned um, Jeremy Cameron being discharged from hospital. Um, some reports about Clayton Oliver discharging himself from uh, from hospital uh, when he was in there with an infection. Are you across any of that? Oh, this has been a, a huge talking point over here. There's been so much rumour and, and innuendo, and you can only go on what the club tells you at this point. And, and the club are adamant that there's no truth to any of those rumours. I mean, the, the interesting part here is when he went down with a hamstring, he didn't. He played out the game, and he, he rarely misses. He missed one game in six years. So I think a fair bit of the intrigue is the fact that he's missed four games in a row now. And it started with a hamstring. He then had a, a blister that became infected and spent five days in hospital. Then the club were pretty confident that he would get up for King's birthday, he didn't. They had a bye, he didn't get up. They thought he would get up for Thursday night, and he didn't. He's had another issue with his hamstring, but the rumour mill has been swirling over here, and I'm sure <laughs> it is across the country. But it's it's not typical that you hear from a club clarifying a, a rumour. It was a pretty nasty rumour, so I don't want to go into what that rumour is, but I'm mm. sure plenty of people have heard it. But... The fact is that he's missed four games now, and this guy does not miss football. So it's a shame because he was on track again for fourth All-Australian Blazer and in the hunt for that elusive Brownlow medal. And I think we won't see him again for a fifth game and potentially a sixth. So it's a significant loss, and especially when you think what happened to Melbourne on Thursday Mm. night. I mean, most people think that they're a top-four lock and a a, a clear premiership contender, but they lost to Geelong. So there's just a, a... great deal of unknown around their best mix right now. And Clayton Oliver is a big loss. Yeah, he certainly is a massive loss. I, I view him as pretty much Melbourne's best player. He's just incredible around the stoppages and his his burst away as well. Hey, moving on to Gold Coast, they played a garbage game last week, it's fair to say, against Carlton. There's some sweeping changes in their side coming up against Hawthorne this week. Tom, I did this game on, on Sunday and it was awful. That second yeah. quarter, I just could not believe. I mean, Carlton were great. Can't take anything away from Carlton. But just every time you start believing in the Gold Coast Suns and what they're doing, they just serve up something that just tells you that you can't see them playing finals anytime soon. So there was a, a fair bit of intrigue around what Stewie Jew would do at selection because they have had a heap of players playing really well in the VFL. And Brandon Ellis is one of them. I mean, it's a surprise that he's been playing in the twos and he hasn't been back in senior side for a month, played two games in the VFL, but he has been recalled. And so Sam Flanders, who's who's a first-round pick that just hasn't worked just yet, but he had 42 touches in the VFL last weekend and, and has demanded a, another opportunity. And Lockie Well is the main one. I, I think yeah, the way he returned from an ACL at the start of the year was staggering. Like, he just didn't miss a beat, but he hasn't played since round seven. Had this swelling in his knee, same knee that he had reconstructed that just wouldn't go away. It was a fair bit of concern around him and they've got that right which is which is good because he's super important to them and what they do so some big changes and a huge watch on them because they've got Hawthorne coming off the bye in that 4.40 time slot tomorrow afternoon so I can't wait to see how they respond because they were really disappointing at the G on Sunday. Yeah, no, another one on the Gold Coast list who I thought would jump up a bit this year, Elijah Hollands, uh, one to keep an eye on, Bryce. I would, I would love for one of the South Australian clubs to uh, 
poach him. Now, Josh, thank you very much. Very comprehensive as always. Uh, Bryce, I, I follow Josh on Instagram and he is one of the sh- most sharply dressed men I've ever come across. Your suits are a, a, now people I follow in fashion as well, they would, if they were to give the prototype of how a suit should fit a man, just have a look at Josh Gablich. Do you have a tailor, Josh? <laughs> You're embarrassing me now, Tom. I'm not even that active <laughs> on social media. You're making me out that I'm some sort of influencer. It's not true <laughs> at all. Uh, I don't. I rarely post, but yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. Look, the suits are tailored. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We got to the bottom of the most hey, important hey, part. Hey, Josh, it's a huge compliment from Tom, who comes to work regularly with jeans and UG, high UGG boots on. So uh, it's a uh, high I have praise. Seen some of that content coming through. Yeah, yeah. Tom, you got to this. I know, I know it's radio. It's not a visual medium, but come uh, on. Yeah. Bryce doesn't deserve that. I'm going to I can dress it a little bit better for Bryce. I'll, t- I'll take that on board, Josh. Uh, very sharply dressed man indeed, Bryce, and very comprehensive as always. Josh Gablich, thank you so much. AFL.com.au is where you can find some of Josh's amazing work, uh, in-depth articles on there. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Bryce. Good to chat. Thank you, Josh. Hey, Bryce, uh, we got to get to a break because we need to look at this Crows game up against Collingwood, a dissector. They're both coming off the bye, which uh, throws up some weird scenarios. Uh, they could come out firing or like garbage. It's currently <laughs> quarter past ten. City Discount Tyres for great deals on the world's biggest brands in tyres, wheels and suspension. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yeah, it's 18 minutes past 10, top of 15 degrees today, a few scattered showers. We're coming to you from SENSA, Studio Lumo SA, number one, King William Street, powered by Lumo Energy. And City Discount Tyres, SUV tyre deals are on now. Time to take a look at the Collingwood v Adelaide game. It's happening at the G, Bryce Gibbs, and it's going to be a massive test for the Crows. They came very close at home. We're yet to see how they go away from home. Just some quick historic stats for you, mate. Go for it. Uh, it's been seven years since Adelaide beat the Pies. That yep. was in 2016. They had that draw in 2017. Remember where Mitch McGovern, he took that mark at the last second and uh, kicked a point. I can see you racking your brains there. Yep. So you clearly remember that one. I think I was busy. <laughs> uh, the Pies have won 20 of their past 24 games at the G. So they go all right. And the Crows have lost their last six at the G. So they don't go all right, Bryce. Well, they don't play there too often, (laughs) do they, Tommy? I think this is their first game at the G for the year. They might only play one more uh, in the run home as well. But, yeah, certainly a a tough test, but a good test for Adelaide just to see where they're at. We know their struggles at times – when they travel and, and playing mm. interstate compared to Melbourne. what they dish up here at Adelaide Oval, they're, they're almost like a completely different side. But yep. I was talking to Brody Smith uh, last week at a, at a first birthday party okay. and he was certainly very <laughs> bullish. Set the scene first. So yeah. you're, st- yep. you're out in a yard or where were you? Uh, we're just in a hall in a, in a big playground. And there's babies crawling yeah. around and so then you've approached Brody. I know Brody. Yeah, obviously. yeah. I just didn't. Uh, Sneak Just up on him, and surprise him with a Tom Mor- Tom uh, Brown style. Yeah, so yep. they're quietly confident they can put on uh, a good show. Okay, tomorrow. So right. obviously they're not worried about uh, any after buy sluggishness, which we spoke mm. about earlier in the show. But yeah. uh, a couple of big ins 
for the Pies. Jamie Elliott, Jeremy Howe, uh, Bo McCreary uh, omitted. That's a bit of a, bit of a surprise. Obviously, mm. Billy Frampton makes his way out, who's a bit stiff yeah. and would have loved to play against his old side. Jordan Dawson plays his 100th game. But if Adelaide are any chance of knocking off Collingwood, Tom, I think it's going to be how they control Collingwood's defence. Darcy Moore's, right. uh, the yes. way he just patrols their back line. He sometimes just disregards his direct opponent, mm. goes to where he thinks the ball's going uh, and sets up to uh, to intercept that ball. We saw Ben Keyes go to Dacos and put a, a bit of work into him successfully, mm -hmm. I thought, yep. uh, off halfback. Ben Keyes playing as that shutdown forward. Uh, we know John Noble gives them a lot of drive as well. Obviously, Jeremy Howe, another intercept marker coming back into the side. Braden Maynard uh, throws his weight around down there. So yep. how Adelaide's forwards can make them accountable and, and make them defend them. Obviously, Tex yep. is in great form after kicking 10 uh, <laughs> last week against the West Coast Eagles. Uh, Lockie Murphy, Isaac Rankin, the Rochelle's getting busy and, and making making the Collingwood defence worry about them more so than yep. worrying about intercepting uh, the ball and coming off and, and doing what they've done so well all year. That's been also a work in progress for Adelaide because you've seen Tom Stewart for Geelong get hold of them. You've seen uh, Stephen May in the past. These types of intercept players really get hold of Adelaide. So Darcy Moore is going to have to be a massive focus for them. One focus I reckon as well, a, a guy, Jamie Elliott, he always plays well on Adelaide. They have in the past had trouble with those mid-size forwards. We've got the key forwards covered for Collingwood, but uh, – you know, maybe Max Michelini is going to have a, a bit of a job on Jamie Elliott. I was going to ask, who do you want to go to him? I reckon, I reckon Mitch Hinge. Oh I, yeah, I reckon he could be yeah, the yeah. man who bit more, bit more Robust. bigger bodied, uh, can be a bit more physical on him. I think Jamie yeah. Elliott's the sort of player you got to be really physical on him, not allow him to run and jump at the ball because yeah. he's not an overly tall man, but he he plays, plays big like and, and marks marks the ball really well. So. Um, could be Max Michelini, absolutely, but uh, I'd be putting Mitch Hinge on uh, on him. Yeah, a, a tight check from Mitch Hinge could go well. I, I want to see how the midfield rolls. We've been going with they've been going with Keith Sloan led at high rotation in the midfield, and I, I'd just like to see a, a bit more from Pedler, a couple more centre bounces, maybe Rochelle a couple more, mix it up just a little bit because uh, it's it's a little slow with when it's got Keith Sloan and Laird and Dawson in there. Just spice it up a little bit, Bryce. Yeah, they've been rotating them. Pretty yeah. well through through the centre bounces. Uh, Pedler, as you said, I think he'll end up in the midfield as his mm. career progresses. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's so important to get the, the Rochelles and the Rankins of the world in there with their leg speed, uh, getting in there and driving the ball forward. Yep. Just a quick tip from you, Bryce. Oh, I think it's going to be close, but I think I have to tip Collingwood with yeah. that record that you said at the G uh, and Adelaide's just haven't quite been the same side when they travel. So Collingwood in a, in a close game and a good yeah. game. I think it's going to be an exciting game. Well, I hope so. I still can't trust Adelaide playing at the G just yet, but I hope they put in a good show, as you said, from your insider, Brody Smith, at a one-year-old's birthday. <laughs> That's great work right there, Bryce. It's currently 24 minutes past 10, top of 15 degrees today. City Discount Tyres for great deals on the world's biggest brands in tyres, wheels and suspension.
This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Oh, yes, there's been a lot of fun. It's a fun time for all, would you say, Bryce? Well, you know what our motto is, Tom, on Saturday. a Saturday morning. That's where you can start. Start living your life. That's it. Absolutely. Your life begins straight after this. Where are you off to? Yeah, straight out to Norlunga, yep. actually, for uh, our clash against the Adelaide Crows, Crows. Tom. And I was just yep. telling you, I was hoping it was going to be absolutely bucketing down. to Slow it down. Turn the game into a bit of a slog fest. But it yep. uh, looks actually, I can see the sun shining outside, so... That's yeah. not what I was hoping for today. <laughs> not going to be a slow one. Uh, let's uh, hope you can stop them from getting it on the outside there, Bryce. Some quick tips. Gold Coast taking on Hawthorne at home. Oh, uh, Gold Coast to bounce back this yep. week. Uh, we did Adelaide. Collingwood are going to win that one. Dockers v Essendon oh, at Optus Stadium. Good game, I reckon, this yeah. one. Essendon are a chance, but uh, I'm going to go with the Dockers at home. Dockers to bounce back. Sydney v Eagles at home. Sydney by 15 goals. Yes. Uh, not going to be a close one, on that one. Hey, thank you for listening. Thank you for all your texts. Apologies that we couldn't get to all of them. Uh, we'll be back next week. Keep calling. Keep texting. Have a lovely weekend and good luck to your side.